Friends, welcome to the What's Right Show. Your host, Sam Rajovsky, here reporting for duty, better known as Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. I'll tell you, I had a absolutely spectacular conversation this morning with Alan Stock uh, here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, we checked in about, what was it, about 830 uh, this morning, and I'll tell you, he, he wanted to talk to me about the legality of this proposed legislation in California. Now, we've talked about this a little bit, and I know it's California, of course, this is a national problem, and I think will have some relevance to us here in Nevada, given some recent developments uh, in Carson City. Uh, this is the bill that will make it felony, well, let's make it child abuse for a parent to deny gender-affirming care to their child, even recognizing or failing to recognize the child's pronouns will become the basis for a, a determination of child abuse, which carries, of course, under the law in every state, in every jurisdiction, certain prescribed uh, punishments and allows for the intervention of the state through social workers and family services to remove the child from the home. Now, the conversation I had with Alan, it was, it was fascinating, of course, and he was asking me about the legality of it, which I may get into that here in a little bit. Uh, but um, the, 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 real, the real issue is practically how does this work? And I think this is where it, it, it starts to really sink in for people to understand that these rules, you think in your head, right? You think... Well, this doesn't really apply to me, or this might not be a situation that uh, would affect our family, and you kind of gloss over it and move on with so many other things going on. But, you know, I, I think if you've got kids, if you have grandkids, if, if you've raised children at any point, if you yourself were a kid with great parents, any of those things, I think I've pretty much named everybody here <laughs> for the most part. If you've, if you've been in a circumstance like that, I want you to picture something, a, a situation where how, you know, how this could all perhaps go sideways on you. See, imagine for a minute, you have a kid, you've got a, you've got a daughter, and little Susie, she, um, you know, she's having a bad day, she's had a bad year at school, friends are turning on her, you know, she's getting a little depressed because... A particular age, and I have daughters, I can tell you this is a fact. No matter how grounded your kids are when they go through school, there's going to be fights. Their girls, in particular, are susceptible to this. And, well, somebody at the school, a teacher there says, well, you know, maybe you're kind of depressed. Maybe you're, you know, have you considered if maybe you might be gender fluid? And they show her the gingerbread chart. You know, this is male, this is female, this is your identity, this is genderqueer. And they start talking to her about this stuff. Turn her upside down. Next thing you know, she comes home and says, Mom, Dad, maybe I'm not Susie. Maybe I'm Tommy. Now you, as a reasonable, common sense parent, will tell your daughter, Honey, you're not Tommy. And we need to talk and maybe you need... To, to sit down with somebody, maybe we need to take a trip as a family, maybe we need to 
make some changes. Maybe you need some new friends. Maybe we need uh, to get you in a sport. Maybe we do any number of things that don't involve this euphemistically described gender-affirming care business where it starts with adults participating in confirming or, in, I would say, in some cases, instigating the belief in the child that they are of a different gender and then thus requiring medical intervention. That's the ultimate goal of this movement. So you would tell your kid this, right? That is what 9.999% of, of a parents out of 10 would, would say to their kid. But, you know, honey, you're, you're, not, you're not a boy. But we love you, and, and let's talk this through. Well, if this law is passed, it puts into law at a state level, and other states have already been doing this, right? This is not a new thing. We've toyed around with it here in Nevada, which is why this is so important to me, because we need to look to our Western neighbor. We need to look at California here in Nevada, and as Nevadans, we have to reject what they're doing, because now your daughter after that conversation, we'll go to school. And that crazy teacher, you know, the one with purple hair and the nose rings who's got the, you know, LGBTQIA plus flag in her classroom, that teacher says, well, how did your conversation go with your parents? She goes, well, my, my, my mom and dad sat me down and said, honey, you're, you're a girl. Oh. And within minutes, that teacher is calling a hotline. She's calling the county. Social workers are showing up that night at your house to remove your kid. Now, if you think I'm exaggerating here, I'm not. And I'm, look, I'm a lawyer. I've read the code. I look at it. I, I can tell you that the, the mechanics of your child being removed from your home would happen exactly in that way. And then the burden is on you to fight the system. Alan's. You know, Alan Stock asked me, was, what was this constitutional? And my, my, my opinion is absolutely hell no, it's not constitutional. But let me ask you, do you want to fight a case all the way up to the Supreme Court just to get your kid back? I mean, you will. Of course you will. But do you have the means? And what amount of damage is done to your kid by a state intent on turning them upside down just to affirm their own ideological views. Because that's the real story here. It's maddening. Now, one other thing I mentioned with Alan, and if those of you who heard me this morning, this will be a little repeat, but most of you didn't. And so I want, I want to say this because it's, it's very important. I grew up listening to stories from my parents about their own upbringing. Now... My parents, your parents, no doubt, you know, with generations before grew up radically different than we did. But that's not the point here. My, my parents grew up not just at a different time, but they grew up in a different place. And my parents were kids when Stalin was the de facto power over their country. They grew up in what was then communist Czechoslovakia. And the regime was pretty brutal. The regime demanded ideological conformity with what it insisted truth was. Now, what this practically meant for kids and for parents is that most parents 
lied to their kids. The most parents wouldn't dare tell their kids the truth for fear that the child would go to school and would tell his teacher, hey, my mom and dad told me that Stalin is a murderer. My mom and dad told me that the five-year plan that the Central Communist Party put out has put our country in misery. Just naming a couple of possible things to say. And either of those, and many others, would lead to the immediate arrest of parents and possibly of, of, of their long-term imprisonment, internment, deportation to work camps, uranium mines, etc. Now, uh, I, that's how my parents grew up, by the way. And my parents, both my grandparents, I will say this. This is the kind of family I come from, and maybe this gives you some insight into some of my own personal fearlessness, but my, my, my parents both grew up in homes where my grandparents, uh, from a young age, trusted my parents to be truthful uh, with, with the truth, and they were truthful with them, and they told them straight up, this is what it is. This is, this is the reality of things. My grandfather, my father's father, was a Protestant minister. He served uh, after the war. He served on the World Council of Churches in Geneva, He was a deeply moral man. And my grandparents, I I didn't appreciate it when my dad was telling me these stories when I was, you know, eight, nine, and ten. But I appreciate it now. My grandparents risked their lives, literally, at the very least, their freedom, to tell their kids the truth. And now I am finding myself here as an American, and, and, and you know my story and the, you know, the enormous sacrifice that my parents made to escape communism and, and go to Western Europe and make their way to the United States of America so that when they had kids, they could raise them in a free world, which they did. My parents are living and have lived their American dream. And now I'm living my own, and I'm looking around me, and it's turning into a nightmare. Because the left here in America has decided that we ought to lie to each other again. That parents are not allowed to tell their kids the truth. That in the name of this terrible gender identity business, that they have to, that there is a state interest in children being lied to. And it's frighteningly dangerous. And it goes beyond, friends, it goes beyond, listen to this because this is important. It goes beyond the still very important issue of harm to individuals. Because that's, that's a big component of this. It's a huge component. I believe these children ought to be protected But the reason it goes beyond just individualized harm to the kids that are affected either by crazy parents or state intervention is because it goes to the heart of the nuclear family and the freedoms that are enshrined in this country's birth and its success that are the reason for why America is uniquely great, why this country is like none other in the world. This is a fundamental, deep, and insidious attack on American exceptionalism 
It is an attack on the Constitution. It is an attack on the family. It is an attack on truth. And I cannot tell you how important this is and why we all as conservatives, as Americans, as independents, as anyone who isn't a radical lunatic leftist, why we need to wake the F up. Because this, friends, cannot continue. And on a side note, don't California my Nevada. I am done with these people. They are radicals and they need to be stopped. Now, I'll give you a an example, a real example, even before this law even comes to pass. This is already going on in California. This is already going on. And it happened to a a mother and daughter. I'm going to share this tragic case with you. Her, I'm going to warn you right now that listening to this mom is, uh, it, it's, it'll make you emotional. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, you're listening to The What's Right Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, welcome back. Sam Rajofsky here, host of the What's Right Show your advocate for common sense and sanity, which is really what this entire topic, I believe, requires. I think this is a matter of, of, of sanity and reestablishing sanity as the uh, bar for what, you know, what we tolerate from our elected officials and, in fact, uh, frankly, from, from each other. The idea... That any state, any government can take your child from you because you do not affirm their choice of pronouns is unreal. And I believe, of course, legally unconstitutional. There are a number of cases, by the way, that suggest that if this ever were to get to the Supreme Court, it would, it would fail on its constitutional merits. Uh, longstanding, lots of precedent-setting cases dealing with parents having the ultimate say – uh, going back to the case in the 20s dealing with parents wanting to teach their kids German, for example, at a time when uh, in the interwar period following World War I, German was not a popular language, and there was some legislation related to saying, no, you can't, you know, can't teach your kids Germans, you, you krauts, no good. And the Supreme Court shot that down. Amish families who, who wanted to remove their kids from school and, and teach them Amish values – also supported ultimately by the Supreme Court. And there are other cases as well. It, all of this to say that, that these interventions will eventually, will eventually get appealed up through the federal court system and get struck down, in my opinion. But that road is a long road. That road will present a lot of heartache for people. And as evidence of that heartache already right now, and I mentioned this just before the break, I mean, L.A. County, places in California uh, that are not common sense where uh, the, the you know, inmates run the asylum, this is, these are places where this, this stuff where the state comes in and takes your kid from you because – well, because maybe you're not on board with the whole uh, alphabet 
ideology thing. You know, it, it it's it's occurring. And and I have this this is just some testimony here from a Los Angeles parent. Her name is Abigail Martinez. And this was uh, her testimony. And in a, in in the California Judiciary Senate hearing over this bill that is being proposed currently to make it a statewide law that CPS can take your kids that you can be declared a child abuser for failing to support your child's chosen gender identity. Here is uh, here's, uh, her opening remarks uh, to the California uh, Senate. My name is Abigail Martinez. It has been three years and 164 days since I lost my daughter, Yaley. I miss her every single day. CPS took my daughter when she was 16 years old. It was helped by her public school counselor and LGBTQ group rights and another trans-identified girl. My daughter was taken from her loving home because the state of California claimed I was abusive for not affirming her trans identity. I lost my daughter over a name and a pronouns. And then she says, I even, I even try to just go along with it. Even after, after I, prom- I promised to call her a male name, it wasn't enough. My daughter was not a boy trapped in a girl's body. She had mental health issues. Against my consent, my daughter was given testosterone instead of therapy. This is, uh, by the way, the story is heartbreaking. Not all of it came out in testimony, but apparently uh, at 19, uh, her daughter passed away. And this is after having been removed from Martinez's home, taken from her mother over this by the county of L.A., by the county of Los Angeles. They um, uh, took her and uh, then fought her to try to get her permission to give her testosterone. Once they finally were able to prevail in that and begin quote-unquote gender-affirming care, she passed away shortly thereafter. Can you imagine being in her place? When asked by the Washington Examiner about this, interviewed, Mrs. Martinez said that, um, you know, when she went to the funeral home, uh, Martinez's mom asked her to see her daughter uh, for the last time. Uh, You know, she stepped in front of an oncoming train. It was a suicide that caused her death. The guy at the funeral home told her that there was really nothing that she could even see that she would recognize of her daughter. She goes on to explain how this this was a, 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 she just had mental health problems. You know, this was a mental health issue. And she needed to get therapy. She needed to get care for her mental health problems. But everything that they did with this child, with this girl, was all done through the prism of LGBTQIA+. That was what was their driving focus. And the state took a life and destroyed a family. We have to take a quick break. I've got to run, but this is... You, you, you want to hear more of this. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT.
Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Hey, I have a question for you. How many parents had to tell their kids to lie to teachers during COVID, to lie at school during, well, 2020, 2021, and even into 2022. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism here on the station, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, I bring this up because really at the heart of this effort to criminalize parental resistance to gender-affirming care. I hate even using that phrase because that's a, that's, that's a euphemism for, for uh, child butchering and mental abuse. It's really about, this whole thing is about um, making it, make it inner, well, putting the state, right, in a, in a higher position in teaching your kids right from wrong than you the parent. And one of the one of the one of the memories I remember having during COVID and again think of it in the context of any family that was that is in in the in the annals of history has grown up in a totalitarian regime. And the parents ultimately have a choice with their kids, right? They they either tell them the truth and risk their kids going to school and saying, "Well, my mom says that the uh, uh, Says that uh, Mao Zedong is a is a is a dictator, is a horrible person. By the way, you do that in North Korea, you speak out against Rocket Man. Guess what happens? I think it's like three generations of your family go to labor camps forever. Um, so that it's 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 real and it's going on today, FYI. But it's also happening now, creeping into American life. And it started during COVID. We could not question COVID orthodoxy. When I got on social media here in 2020, you know, by, by, by summer of 2020, I was like, this is all BS and nonsense and everybody needs to take a chill pill. You know, what was the refrain? I mean, y'all remember it. Uh, Las Vegas personal injury attorney Sam Rajovsky wants people to die. I mean, this is like demented people out there. So how many of you who decided to maybe take a trip to Mexico or decided to get together with a, a couple families, gosh forbid, in your backyard, how many of you told your kids, hey, honey, don't, don't, don't tell them that we got together with the Johnsons? You, you know I'm, you know I'm not, I'm not wrong here. You did it. I know liberals who pretended to, well, gave the lip service. Oh, COVID, 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 there's got COVID medication. We got to be safe. And then, you know, would get together with people and would break COVID protocols and then tell their kids, we, we, we can't, don't tell anybody. The fear, the fear of action from either the authorities at your, at the, your kid's school, right? Okay, well, you're, you know, you went to Mexico. Guess you can't, uh, now you can't participate in class and we need to, 
keep you in isolation at home. So you're, you're out of school for 10 days. Uh, that, that happened. And I know people, I know people who, who, who told their kids to lie. Absolutely. And when the kid accidentally blurted it out, I was, I was in Cabo or, Hey, we, we got together and (laughs) we got, we had a barbecue and we were there with so-and-so and so-and-so. And it, and it, it was a huge problem. What about your kid going to school and saying, no, my, my parents are totally against the vaccines. Not a good look. Not when those vaccines were being required. Not when they wanted to inject all of us with their, with their crap. See what I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm making a point here that's larger and greater than just LGBTQIA+. And just beyond trans kids. The state has become increasingly coercive in demanding that we adhere to the facts as they tell us they are. And that is, that is deeply problematic for our country. And it's absolutely inconsistent with the First Amendment and with how our founding fathers uh, intended this republic to exist. Now, back to the mother in L.A. County. This is a woman named Abigail Martinez. She spoke with the Washington Examiner and also gave heart-wrenching testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee in Sacramento in opposition to AB 957. AB 957 is the assembly bill that uh, would allow for the state to declare you guilty of child abuse. If you fail to affirm your child's chosen pronouns, chosen gender identity, it's happening in California. And side note, given that Governor Lombardo here signed, what is it, uh, what is, uh, uh, SB 163 here in Nevada that authorizes, no, mandates that health insurers cover gender-affirming care for trans kids, kids. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's frightening. So, yeah, we're going to keep talking about this because we have to, as reasonable common sense adults out there, get our wits about us and start pushing back. So, anyway, this parent has her daughter taken from her by social workers. When the social workers, by the way, when L.A. County social workers, uh, let me see, I got this, this quote. This quote, you'll, you will lose your minds when you hear this. The social workers, the L.A. County Child Protective Services, uh, Department of Child, Children, and Family Services, uh, heard that this girl, who they uh, thought was a boy, uh, that she had passed away, they issued this statement. Now, I want you to pay careful attention. I'm going to read the statement to you. I want you to Pay attention in particular to the agenda embedded within the statement. This is a department whose mission, by virtue of its name, is to protect children and families. Right? I mean, Department of Children and Family Services. I think so, right? Quote, we extend our deepest condolences to the family and friends of Andrew M., as well as 
to the LGBTQIA community, which advocates relentlessly to protect its youngest and most vulnerable members from such tragedies to buffer the impact of negative external factors. We have aggressively pursued the implementation of inclusive, gender-affirming laws, policies, and supportive services for LGBTQ plus youth. This entire statement has five words about the victim. And the rest of it is absolute garbage gender leftist propaganda. When are we going to wake up? When are we going to stand up to this? When Mrs. Martinez had, Abigail Martinez had her daughter removed by Child Protective Services by this organization in L.A. County. She um, tried to petition uh, the court to have her released and the, and, and the services people petitioned against Martinez. Martinez said, you know, I, I had a loving home, four, ki- four kids, raised to love God. Quote, the county told me that my daughter would be better off out of the house. I tried my best to get her back, going to court every month. A judge in L.A. County decided that Martinez could see her daughter one hour a week, and social workers ordered her not to mention God during those visits. Who the hell gave them that right? This, friends, is despicable. So it really isn't about LGBT, although these are the people that are pushing this agenda. These are the people that are out there indoctrinating kids. Uh, and it's Listen, I mean, it's the radicals, and in particular, it's these, it's, I'm telling you, it's the T's. Trust me on this. I have a lot of gay and lesbian friends who are appalled by this and disgusted by it. And as I told Alan um, this morning when we were on uh, at 8.30 uh, with Alan Stock, Vegas at 8, I said, I said listen, I, mean, I, I want to raise my kids the way I see fit. At no point will you hear me, for example, on this program or if we're friends, you're never going to hear me say we ought to pass a law that mandates that we teach kids basic supply-side economics, for example. I'm not going to mandate what you tell your – we should mandate that kids learn you know, from their, that their parents tell them that God is real. You, if if you're an atheist, raise your kids as atheists. If if you're if you're a, a a a faithful person, raise your kids with faith. I mean, I I think some of these parents that have trans kids, particularly in areas where everyone's got a trans kid, and and they're they're. I mean, I think that this insanity is coming from the parents, to a large part. And I've, I've shared some statistics on that that certainly support that claim. But, I mean, if, if, you, if you want a trans kid, great. Have a trans kid. But, you're, I, but, I, but now, okay, but it comes to the harm to the child. It comes to physical intervention, medical intervention. I think the state has, has an interest in that. But in no place would I want the state to mandate how somebody raises their kid. This is this, this and th- but they do. 
They want to get in between us and our kids because they want to take the kids and make them wards of the state. Abigail Martinez, in testimony at a uh, hearing at the California Judiciary uh, Committee in the state Senate, asks this question that sort of is exactly what I just posed. Why are there so many transgender in foster care? Because this state take them from their families, tell them to run, then steal them. Parents are given one option to treat their distressed child, affirm, drug, and remove their healthy body part or else lose your child. Right? Why are, there, why are there so many trans kids in foster care? Yeah, well, because these are kids that, by the way, have other associated issues. We talk about this all the time. 92% of kids are bipolar disorder, have ADHD, um, are, are autistic, right? Have, have, have personality disorders. These are all things that require intervention. These are all things that in, require care, mental health. But in my opinion, and this is, this is really going to get me in trouble in my opinion the activists are taking kids who have mental problems who have who have issues and are using them are taking advantage of them to advance their own agenda and that's why we have all these books in elementary school all this nasty stuff that's why they want to have storybook reading hour with the with the with the drag queen with the giant prosthetic breasts exposed hanging out little kids with teaching them to put dollar bills in the waists of these performers and then we're called book burners and we're called you know unenlightened bigots and transphobes for questioning it man alive i i mean the the we got to fight back on this we've got to or we're doomed now i have to take a break or i'm doomed uh, Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Grateful to have you with us. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Rajovsky, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Grateful to be here, folks. It's kind of a rainy day. Uh, I've got, um, I woke up this morning to the sound of just absolute pounding rain. I think many of you had the same experience. And I thought, man, this is middle of June. What's what's going on here? But anyway, we're getting through it. Uh, you're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism here on News Talk 840 KXNT. I was talking about a parent here in California testifying to the state legislature there about a proposed bill to criminalize, to make it child abuse for parents to do, uh, to deny their kids' preferred pronoun use or to reject a child's chosen new gender identity. This is a woman, uh, Abigail Martinez, who had had her kids taken away, her, ch- her daughter taken away by social services in L.A. County, a judge then permanently removed the child. She was instructed to, in her very few meetings that she had with this girl, to, to uh, with her daughter, to, to not even talk about God, 
Side note, right, and I'm listening to the lady's testimony. It's clear she's, you know, English is a second language. She's an immigrant. She is Hispanic and likely poor. Now, why am I bringing all this up? I'm not being gratuitously cruel here. I'm just pointing out that this is a person who has a, a great deal of difficulty fighting against the system. This is a person who doesn't have the resources to hire a top constitutional law uh, lawyer and, 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 and go to the mat. This is a person who has no idea how the system works. And by the way, isn't it the American left that is always taking the side and, and, and berating us on the right with how much they care about the poor and the downtrodden and the, and the black and the brown and, and, and the purple and whatnot? You know what this says to me? They don't care about immigrants, and I've said this over and over again, and this is yet another example. They don't care about immigrants, and they don't care about minorities if they're not on board with the Democratic Party agenda. And by the way, this is my – my uh, something ties into something I've, I've, I always say over and over again is – now, there's there's a lament among conservatives. I know what the Dems are up to at the border. They're letting in all these people from Guatemala and in Mexico and Central America, you know, other places in Central America. They're letting them all in because they're future voters. And I've always said I've and I, I'm a I'm all for legal immigration. I think that the border needs to be closed, and I don't believe in amnesty and all that. But as a practical matter, I've rejected for a while. The notion that these people are coming over and will become loyal, faithful for years to come, captives of the Democratic Party. And the very simple reason for that is that they're very socially conservative, and the Democratic Party is moving to the radical left. These are the people that want to destroy the nuclear family. These are people that want to destroy life. These are people that want to mutilate children's genitals. These are the people that are groomers. These are the people that are now starting to use terms like MAP, minor attracted person. I'm telling you right now, I know what they do to pedophiles in Mexico. You go to a village in Mexico, they catch a pedophile, it ain't pretty. Let's just say that actuarially, uh, their lifespan gets shortened. The life expectancy. <laughs> okay. And the Democratic Party, they, they are... And they are so racist. They are so dumb that they think that somebody coming here who is literally sacrificing everything, who's, who's paid a, an enormous mind-boggling sum to a coyote to get them into this country, is, is going to like su suddenly look at this and go, yeah, you know what? I, it's, it's funny. We were so unenlightened down in our – in our in our village in Mexico, that when, in Sonora, we were sitting around. We didn't understand that there are transsexual kids. We didn't understand that there were three year olds that wake up and go, "I'm I'm not a boy." We had no idea. My gosh! Thank you, American left, for enlightening us. That is all of that. What I, by the way, just said is a joke. In case you're not following this, quite to the opposite, right? These are people that come to this country and. They've done it illegally, and I think they ought to be deported. But let's just, but 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 at the same time, they're here, and they're looking around. And by the way, <laughs> um, they're looking at this insanity. And think about this, Abigail Martinez. Probably she's 
been told the Democratic Party is her savior, and now she's sitting here surrounded by Democrats who've taken her daughter, turned her daughter into a boy, and led to her daughter killing herself. Heartbreaking, right? But I also think there's a political element to this, which we should not forget. Now, there is some good news, and I've got to take a break here, top of the hour and all that. I want to share you a story of what a parent did to get her kid out of this. Let's talk as parents. What do you do to get your kid out of this if they start to spiral? Because I want to give you some hope, and I've got some ideas on this too. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. I'll be back in a moment. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Well, happy Friday, folks. We're getting there. Weekend uh, straight ahead. By the way, tomorrow, Saturday, 7 p.m., we will be, I think... A great chunk of Las Vegas will be on the Las Vegas Strip because uh, Saturday, 7 p.m., will be the victory parade uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I suppose the players will be there. The team will be there. The Stanley Cup uh, may be making the uh, procession down Las Vegas Boulevard. As I understand it, the parade will, around 9 o'clock, will, will, will end for a gathering at Toshiba Plaza, which is that area that's at the, you know, the end of the park promenade uh, in front of T-Mobile Arena, where it all went down Saturday night. Our own Vegas Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions. It's unbelievable. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT. Great to have you with us. And uh, you're listening to the What's Right Show, which... Uh, folks, we, we do a number of things here. We, we talk about, of course, current events. We are a current event-driven program. Now, it's two hours. I can't cover everything. Well, I guess I could just read to you what the news are, what the news is, but it's, it's not really what this is about. It's getting into things that are occurring in the moment, putting it into context with everything else going on in, in Vegas, in, in Nevada, in the U.S. and the world. And then getting ahead of things that perhaps will be occurring in the future. Now, some broad themes, of course. I am a, a principled, common-sense conservative. I come from a, a family of, of, um, of, of people. My parents are, are escaped communism. They came here from Eastern Europe. Uh, they got out in the 60s, 1968. Both of them left communist Czechoslovakia, made their way through Western Europe eventually landing in the United States and came here with a purpose, which was to live out the, the rest of their lives in a free country. And I grew up, I have to tell you, as the uh, son of immigrants, my parents came uh, to the U.S. in 77. I was born in 80. I grew up in the 80s, Ronald Reagan, Morning in America, and I certainly... Uh, we, we talked a lot about politics, but at all times, we exalted and believed in American exceptionalism and in the unique greatness, 
right, that this country has relative to every other country around the world. And I traveled a fair amount as a kid. You know, I'd, I'd go back to Europe. I, I couldn't go back to my parents' native country until the regime ended. I was about uh, 10 years old when, when, when that all went down. The Berlin Wall fell and the rest of Eastern Europe, the Iron Curtain crumbled, right? And, and I, I spent, you know, my teen years uh, traveling even more. And, and, and at no point did I ever come back to the U.S. and say this is not the, the best possible place to be. In the entire world. Now, I say all of this because we almost as conservatives need to remind ourselves how much we've lost in order to gain it back. I saw an interview, by the way, I, I saw an interview with, you know, with with uh, Governor DeSantis, and he was talking to, I think, the Christian Broadcasting Network is, is where the interview was playing. And I, I'm not going to bore you with the clip, but I, the, the, the gist of it was. And DeSantis said something that was really interesting. He said, you know, we've – conservatives in America have – we've sort of accepted the fact that as Republicans, as elected Republicans, that we manage the decline, that we resist, we we slow the progressive march toward the radical agenda – that we're seeing today, we've, we've, we just we push back a little bit, but we don't stop it, and we don't ever reverse it. Now, I will say this. I think uh, we reversed a few things, certainly in the regulatory sphere uh, in between 2016 and 2021, uh, thanks to Trump. There's no doubt about that. But DeSantis said, look, look at Florida. This is a place where we have not just – we have not just slowed – We've not just stopped, but we have reversed. We are taking back ground from the progressives. And I really like that, and I think that ought to be a battle cry for every Republican running for any office, whether it's local, whether it's state, or whether it's national. And in this context, I tell you, uh, it's you know covering the story about kids that are being removed from homes because parents refuse to go along with the the, the gender affirming you know care when they don't use little johnny's new pronouns oh you're a zezer forgive me uh i need to respect my 7 year old's uh view of themselves which by the way that 7 year old didn't get all sua sponte on his own didn't just pop into his mind uh, you know, accidentally. I mean, let's be real about that. It came from some wackadoodle person at the school, some counselor at the school. It came from a, a kid, or or it came from social media. And that brings me to an important point because I've had many of you reach out. Well, Sam, you talk about this issue a lot. So, so what happens? You know, we just had kids. I, I had an email the other day. We just had kids. And, you know, and I, I mean, they're very little, but I'm, I'm worried. I think what you're saying is right. This was the gist of the email. What you're saying is right, but what do we do? You know, when I, when I, when my eight-year-old comes home saying this stuff, what do I do? And I want to share a story with you. This is from the same piece I was quoting earlier. Washington Examiner did an in-depth interview with a mother who testified in Sacramento to state legislatures there who looked to who look to ex- or looking to expand the uh, definition of child abuse. 
to include a parent's refusal to use the child's chosen pronouns and affirm their new chosen gender identity. And in the Washington Examiner, they, they, they had the story of the lady that is, is now testifying there and had a terrible thing happen where her daughter was taken from her by social services in L.A. County. And ultimately, uh, this resulted in uh, the, the girl then going through gender-affirming care and um, ultimately ending her life by suicide. Now, this article talks about a parent here, and I think we need to pay very careful attention to this because it's, 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 um, it's great. Now, there's a parent who fought back. It happened in Utah. The, the parent's name is Sharon. We don't have a last name. And she had a daughter whose name is Sari. And Sari came home, I guess, 13 years old, and told mom that she was non-binary. And then later said, yeah, mom, by the way, I think I'm, my name's Alan and I'm, I'm trans. Now, is, what's, what's interesting is, and in all these stories, if you really get into it, you realize that these teenagers in particular, there's a series of events that occurred that got them to this point. And they are all the result of suge- suggestion by teachers, by counselors, administrators at school, social media accounts, looking at TikTok videos, Instagram, going on Discord. And they're, you know, in the case of adults who are doing these things and communicating with your kid, with my kid, right? I mean, this is why I call it grooming. And whenever you use that term, by the way, the other side absolutely loses their mind. We are supportive. No, you're grooming. You're having sexual conversations as an adult with a child. And on top of that, you're pushing your agenda. So the background on the girl is interesting, and it's not unusual. Sorry was a typical stereotype. Bullied at school, friendless, and in therapy. She learned about the transgender movement on the gaming site Discord and contact through a family friend. Uh, I probably hear an adult there, okay? The mom decided to do this. Parents, all of you, let's pay attention to this. She shut down all of the apps on her daughter's phone, locked her out of social media on the home computer, and forbade her from seeing the family friend. Then she enrolled the daughter in a different school, told the counselors and teachers that they were not allowed to call her daughter by anything other than her birth name. Utah, fortunately, unlike other states, defers to parental rights with children. Now the mom, here's the part that we all need to pay attention to. Uh, The mom, I guess, goes in afterwards and does a deep dive. She calls it a crash course on what her daughter had been doing. And she is literally horrified. I want to tell you about this when we come back because, you know, I think a lot of this stuff just happens because the tech, see, when we were kids, we didn't have this tech. I'm 42 years old. My kids are teenagers and preteens. So I'm, I'm in this place where I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a tech savvy person, but I didn't have this tech as a kid. And I think it's really important that we understand what's out there. So I'll share this with you when we return. You're listening to The What's Right Show. 
Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, welcome back. Sam Urjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Uh, the question I got here on the program is talking about kids that get railroaded into thinking they're born in the wrong bodies. Uh, look, uh, there's, you know, what do you do? I got this email from a listener saying, what do I do? I've got my kids are little right now, but, uh, but I just, I worry that, you know, someday I'm going to deal with this. So I, I, I wanted to share a story of a parent cited in this Washington Examiner piece that, that did a deep dive on this. This, this gal, this lady, his mom is in, in Utah. Her daughter begins to go down this thing, talking to a friend. She's on Discord. And I just mentioned before the break that the mom goes in and says, uh-uh. She shuts down the, the social media accounts, clo- locks the girl out of her phone, um, moves her to a different school, moves her to a different school, and, um, and basically tells that school, nah, uh the, the girl's name is, sorry, that's her name. Uh, you can't call her anything else, and in, and in Utah, parents have that right to do that. Now, next part of the thing here is fascinating because the mom afterward did a crash course on what this girl had been learning, how she got to that place, and what she learned absolutely horrified her. Going on the computer, she saw that YouTube videos uh, – she'd been watching YouTube videos on how to deceive your parents – and how to get mastectomies and testosterone shots. The mom goes, I figured out the algorithms to this and was getting more and more sick to my stomach. I'll tell you what this means, by the way. They're not, they ought to do more detail on this. The mom basically went to one of the videos that the girl's wa- girl watched and then proceeded to see the kind of additional content that she was getting fed by the YouTube algorithm. By Google, right? Well, YouTube is one. By by, if you go on the socials, right? Instagram. It, what you the content you're 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 pushed, you're uh, suggested, okay? But it's really pushed by these uh, companies is based on what you you know you you start to you start to show interest in, right? They're figuring out that's a computer, it's AI, it's and it's tremendous. It's designed to keep you engaged. It's designed to keep your eyeballs on the content and um and it's you know um and it it it, this is um very important to understand that once you go down this rabbit hole it just keeps getting um getting worse and worse and worse and these kids get sucked into it and their brains aren't developed yet the adult brain is fully formed at 25 it's not fully formed at 13 so the mom goes in and looks at this, and and funny enough, right? The um, she seems she says she seems to have won the the battle with her daughter, right? And um, but the key to it, the key to it was to get her offline. So I have a couple of of a few suggestions here, if I may. Number one, friends, do not. Okay, do not give your kids 
smartphones, whether it's Android or Apple iPhones, too soon. I am seeing parents get – we have friends whose seven-year-old has an iPhone. I mean, I think that's just insanity. I have have no words for that. Keep your kids off of smartphones for as long as you possibly can manage it. Yes, there are dumb phones out there that make calls, receive calls, do alphanumeric texting, and have no access to the internet. You can get them. They're available. Buy those for your kid. Because I understand getting getting hold of your child's important, but but that is foundational. Now, a tablet, uh, an iPad, for example. If you're like me, right, and you're you're in your forties, let's say, and you've got kids that are, you know, say between ten and twenty, um, you, you're. You have you, – you, you gave your kid an iPad or you, they had access to an iPad from an early age. And there's something very important here. When your kid was three and using an iPad and you put Peppa the Pig on the iPad, okay, or whatever show they were watching. I'm just making that one up. But I'm just saying whatever it was they were watching, you weren't worried about what your kid was going to do with it. They were going to take the iPad, and the worst thing they were going to do is, is I don't know what, go on there and, and uh, you know, download an expensive movie accidentally or an expensive series and charge your iTunes account. What happens between the ages of starting – starts pretty young, actually, particularly with boys. They get curious and start to go on there and check things out. And I had this happen with our son at a very young age, and we began locking that stuff down. And you can. You can lock things down. You can put time limits. My son is 15 going on 16. He can use his phone in a very limited way. Anytime he moves, I get a notification. Apple puts those features on there. I recommend that if your kid does, uh, and he, I told you guys why he has that iPhone. He went to Europe for his third. Uh, did his seventh grade year when he was 13 he went to europe and i I needed a smartphone that was going to be able to do calling international calling on on wi-fi etc so but we locked it down you can do that same with ipads make sure they're locked down family computers make sure they are in a public place no laptops that they can move into their bedroom and go hang out in their closet second thing is Kids at a certain age want to withdraw from communal family life, go to their rooms, and hide. I'm going through it right now with one of my daughters. Do not let that happen. Pull them out and get talking to them. Take them out. Spend time one-on-one. If you're dad or mom and your kid's withdrawing, take them out. Do something with them. Do an activity. Pull them out of that. And it goes under a broader heading of talk to your kids. And then finally, I will say, if something like this starts to happen, well, I've joked. I mean, I, I, you, you, I, I've said that if this starts to happen in, in, in a family, my kid starts to have his, his or her heads, you know, uh, screwed on the wrong way. I am picking up my. I don't care what I have going on in work, at work. I am taking my child, and my wife and I are taking them out of the country. We're going back. In my case, I can. I have the advantage of having family in Eastern Europe. I'm taking them back to a small town 
where my grandmother was born in the Czech Republic, and I am removing them as far away from the toxic environment that is creating the problem. If you're in California, I have many of you who listen to this program in California, I'm going to tell you, if this law goes down and you start to see trouble sign with your kid, move out of California. Go to Texas. Go to Florida. Go anywhere where you as a parent are supported. Get the hell out of California. Because no job, no mortgage, no credit rating is worth the loss of your child. And the fact of the matter is, is when you have the state that you're in conspiring against you to damage your relationship with your child and to damage your kid, uh, you know, at that point, you, you really have to, you have to leave. Just like my parents one time left their country to get freedom. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Greetings, friends. Welcome to the program. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show, your place Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. for Common Sense conservatism all right you thought that was a little extreme huh when i said if your kid starts to spiral and you live in a state like california where the system wants to take your kid from you if gosh forbid your values do not align with those of the state my recommendation was to get the hell out move to texas move to florida move to a place where your parental rights matter why? In that, this is fascinating. There is a California legislator. Thankfully, I have this now in the archive. I can pull this clip up. This happened Tuesday, this week, during a hearing on this bill, AB 957 in California, where they want to declare parents child abusers for failing to affirm their child's chosen gender identity. A state senator named Scott Wilk in California, uh, you know, flat out, this is a guy who is an elected official who spent 11 years in the state legislature in California. It basically says the quiet part out loud here about how, you know what? California doesn't have a lot of freedom. Listen to this. In the past, when we've had these discussions and I've seen parental rights atrophied, I've encouraged people to keep fighting. I've changed my mind on that. If you love your children, you need to flee California. You need to flee. We are moving towards the pathway of the hands made tale. California is becoming the new Juliet. And it just breaks my heart. I'm born and raised in this state. I love this state. I'm not going to stay in this state because it's just too oppressive. And I believe in freedom. And so I'm going to move to America when I leave the legislature. Bravo. I'm going to move to America when I leave the legislature. What did he just say there? That the America, and this is, by the way, uh, I think very much aligned with my thinking on this, that, that California is not even part of 
what America is at its essence. Because California is a leftist utopia. It is, it is an example of where this country could be if it was dominated in a super major, by a supermajority of liberal Democrats. And this, by the way, let me, you know, it's, uh, he did by, he and his other comments, by the way, Scott Wilk really nails it. He goes, after 11 years, I've come to the conclusion that we need to start protecting parents. I've been here, I've witnessed a full frontal assault on charter schools, taking away parents' choice and how their children to be, are to be educated to the detriment, particularly of children of color. In recent years, we've put government bureaucrats between parents, children, and doctors when it comes to medical care. And now we have this where if a parent does not support the ideology of the government, they're going to be taken away from the home. Bingo. And it needs to stop. Now, by the way, this, this when it comes to California being a land of no freedoms, and this to me is somewhat of a, a personal attack, if you will, a story from March. There's been an update to it yesterday because the state Supreme Court has weighed in. There is a lawyer who during the summer of George, this is, an, this is a Los Angeles attorney, a member of the California Bar, which, of course, I am a member of as well. I'm licensed in California, lawyer here in Nevada too, practice here in Nevada, and I, I do practice in California, represent a lot of people who get hurt traveling to California from Nevada, so that's, that's a niche component of my, of my business and my practice. Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, shameless plug. So I'm just giving you some background here. When I read stories about the California State Bar, it's a little personal to me, that's all. So this lawyer, during the summer of George, during the unrest, remember what was going on in L.A. Neighborhoods, stores were getting burned, stores were getting looted, all in the name of racial equity, social justice, blah, blah, blah. And this lady, Marla Ann Brown, a lawyer in California, wrote some things on Twitter that I don't particularly uh, think were very helpful, but were funny, I guess, in the context of everything going on. She said that protesters needed to be shot. Well, I tell you, I probably can appreciate where she was coming from. Because if you were on the ground of your neighborhood, and looters were running rampant. The cops were being told to stand down. Businesses were being destroyed. Many of those businesses, by the way, never came back from it. You would have some pretty strong feelings about it, too. When local protests were happening in L.A., she wrote, quote, shoot the protesters. And in response to a tweet from MSNBC anchor Joe Scarborough, Brown wrote, let's go burn down your house with you in it. Right, because Scarborough's out there saying, well, we can understand how these people, why they feel this way. way." No, we don't. We don't tolerate violence. We don't tolerate the destruction of property in this country. Isn't it funny, right, that writing this tweet here would get a lawyer in trouble with the California State Bar, they're seeking sanctions against her, possibly the removal of her law license for these remarks. 
And the state bar's case against this lawyer has now, uh, yesterday, as of yesterday, cleared another procedural hurdle and uh, is looking like it will continue, that the, the state bar will be allowed to, um, to press charges against her. Now, State Bar's Office of Chief Trial Counsel, these are the people that investigate lawyers for bar misconduct, saying that this is professional misconduct, that it requires discipline, potentially even disbarment. The bar in California said that while Brown had every right to make the comments, she was not free from the consequences for her words. Now, hell's bells, let me tell you why this is the most idiotic thing I have read in a long time, and that is saying something. The First Amendment doesn't work this way. What is, in sum, the, un- the, the First Amendment? How does it operate? Let's do a quick refresher, right? The state, the government, or any affiliated partner or agent of it may not unduly restrict your freedom of speech and also cannot compel you to speak. Those are the two components of it. And by the way, inciting to violence, the Supreme Court has ruled numbers of times that it has to be imminent. You can't say, let's go burn down Joe Scarborough's house. You've got to prove a few things. You've got to prove that you're literally, you're close by to Joe Scarborough's house. You've got a can of gasoline. You've got some matches. And you've got people with you ready to film it. Like, basically, you've got you to gotta prove that it was imminent, that you were right there and, and, and had the means to execute on the threat. Put another way, advocating for violence in and of itself is not is not uh, a of you know is it not, does not not allow the government to come in and violate the your your right to free speech okay and tell you to, to and and remove that speech so why am i thinking that this is crazy the california bar an organization that licenses lawyers in the state of california that is run by lawyers issued this innate inane statement has every right to make the comments. She's not free from the consequences. Oh, so under the First Amendment, I have the right to say whatever I want, but I can be punished by the government for saying it? Isn't that, the, isn't that literally what is a violation of the First Amendment when the government punishes you for speaking? Oh, I'm not free from the consequences? Well, she's not free from the consequences of her client saying, I don't like what you wrote on Twitter, so I'm not going to hire you. Those are consequences that she's not immune from. But she ought to be absolutely free from consequences of government punishment for saying whatever it is that she said. By the way, do you know how many lawyers tweeted at me during covid tweeted in general during COVID saying that people ought to be shot who didn't want to take the vaccine. You want to talk about hyperbole? This lawyer is facing more consequences for her comment, her tweet to quote unquote, go burn down Joe Scarborough's house. than the people that actually burned down property in LA during the riots. 
Wrap your heads around that for a moment, if you will. It's insanity. This is this is literally insane. And and I, I'm humored by the fact that the state bar in California is so stupid that they don't even know what the law is. And they're taking it up through the California because courts eventually this this lady will will have a case for the Supreme Court to, to weigh in on. But uh, the fact that California courts are like, oh, yep, again, right? Nobody, nobody, to my knowledge, no lawyer in California is being charged with misconduct over their pro-BLM speech. No lawyers are, they're not saying, oh, that lawyer was inciting violence against police. You know how much of that was going on? People I went to law school with, you know who you are. None of those people, to my knowledge, are getting investigated for what they said. So this this actually, to me, fits in with everything that's going on with Trump, right? Jack Smith, Alvin Bragg. If you have speech, if you have an idea, if you are somebody that the system doesn't like, the system will go after you. If you're somebody that the system does like, you get a pass. And then these are people that go, whoop, this is law and order and nobody's above the law and these are rules. But they'll bend and twist the rules to get who they don't like, who doesn't agree with them, all day long. It's messed up and it needs to end. I'm telling you, I think I get into peak crazy and there's a, there's a chance we're at, we're at breaking point. I'm going to take a quick break here. Um, speaking of, take a quick break. I'll be back. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Man, if the if the state bar is going to police lawyers and what they say, uh, I've got a couple of candidates for them. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. I'm, I was just bemused here on the What's Right show talking about this lady lawyer in California who gets uh, gets her, is, is in trouble, is, is being investigated for lawyer misconduct. They want to potentially even take her law license. Over tweets that she sent or published during the summer of George, you know, 2020, L.A.'s on fire and she's responding. Maybe she was responding to what's-his-face, Joe, Joe Scarborough, you know, well, we got to understand these people. There's a lot of anger here and social injustice. He goes, well, why don't they burn your house, a-hole? Well, that was inciting violence. And now the state bar, which is a, not necessarily a governmental organ, but it is because they are the sole licensing agency for the state of California if you want to be a lawyer. And they're initiating a proceeding that will deprive this lawyer potentially of her ability to earn income. It is tantamount to the lawyer being being deprived of, of, a, of a possession, of a right. And so doing it, in viol- violating here potentially some some due, price, due process issues, but also uh, First Amendment rights, I think, is going to be a major problem for them. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, there was a story. This was in uh, the LA Times. This broke on the seventh. I, I never had a, really a place to put this, but I have to share it with you because uh, it's Lewis Brisbois is a big firm. We have quite a few cases with this firm. It's a big behemoth defense law firm. They do a, they do a lot of represent representing of insurance companies, and they are. Well, I wouldn't describe them as my nemesis. We've we've certainly had a lot of high profile cases with them, and I've we've been successful in in resolving cases with them as well. So there were a couple of partners that left Lewis Brisbois. This story broke on the seventh. Matt Hamilton, Harriet Ryan for the L.A. Times. These two lawyers, I guess, sometime earlier in the year, broke away from Lewis Brisbois, started their own firm. Now, they didn't just break away. They they broke away, and then they went on a PR blitz saying how bad and nasty Lewis Brisbois is. It's a terrible place to work. They just abuse associates and take advantage of people, and that the firm that they created, the new firm, is so much more compassionate and cuddly and fluffy and better and all around. And, and they, they, they were stealing people and clients from the old firm. So... <laughs> what do you think Lewis Presboy did? No, I'm, I'm asking, what would you do? I'm just saying, if you're a small business owner and you, somebody leaves your, your firm or your, your, your business and takes with you a couple of good people and then walks out the, uh, out the door with some of your customers, would you be feeling a little vengeful? Well, I'll tell you what Lewis Presboy did. They went through these guys' emails that were, of course, all saved onto the Lewis Brisboy server, and wow, most of this stuff I cannot read on air. And it's actually some of the funnier um, funnier stuff that I can't read. Um, it, it, they called, the, probably the least offensive thing that they said, the least, is referring to a prominent female jurist in Los Angeles as Sugar, and then four letters, colloquialism for breasts. There were horrible uh, anti-Semitic epithets, racial slurs, um, foul language, uh, back and forth. Um, he's, well, I think one, one partner referred to himself as a walking HR nightmare. Uh, the, the law firm released him. They released it all. They put it out there. These two lawyers were done in a New York minute. They had to resign from their new firm. They're unhirable anywhere now. Toxic. Literal like nuclear waste. And uh, I, I knew, I've, I've heard of one of them before. They're, 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 I mean, they were well-paid lawyers. They're people that were making, my guess would be, Maybe somewhere between two and four million a year. And they're unemployed. They're broke as a joke. Now, why, why am I bringing up the story? Well, I'm, it'll be curious to see if the state bar decides to prosecute them for misconduct on the basis of this speech because, you know, I mean, they, they're doing it with this lady in her tweets. Um, but I, I tell you, there's, there's a. I have two things to say about this. One, it's always a good idea if you are leaving a place of employment to try to leave on good terms. 
And then I have some advice for Lewis Brisboy because sometimes getting the person that you want to get and, you know, and, and, and destroying your, your enemy is, is, can be blinding. Just look at, and I'll get more into it on Monday, just look at Jack Smith and every other prosecutor, investigator, politician that's gone after Trump. They're so blinded with their hatred for Trump that they don't see the forest for the trees. So I read all these emails. I read this story, and I think it reflects really poorly on the company. I think it reflects terribly on the firm. I think Louis Brisboy has a problem, clearly, with some pretty awful people working there who sound toxic. I mean, forget the racial slurs and what. I just, they're toxic. They're mean. I wouldn't tolerate that here. And I can't get into details, but I, I had a problem like this once with, with someone and, that I worked with, and, and I, I put my foot down on it. And that's all a matter of public record. So I'll tell you, the shame here is that whoever thought at Lewis Brisbane, oh, we're going to get these mother effers. And we're going to get them. We're going to show them. We're going to release all these emails. All they're showing is that for 15 years, no one at Lewis Brisbane noticed that these guys were total jerks. So what we call here politically in the context of Trump, you know, Trump derangement syndrome and things like that, it's very important that we recognize as people, right, that we're all susceptible to this, getting blinded and seeing just what's right in front of you. It's important to think strategically and to think beyond it because I think in the end this is going to damage the firm. All right, I got to go. That's time's up. It just flies when we're having fun. The What's Right Show, you can catch us on the podcast. You know where to find us, anywhere you get your podcast, What's Right Show. I, Sam Rajovsky, am off to have a great weekend. And the, the program will be back. We'll be back on Monday. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. We will be back. Have a great one, folks. Mm-hmm.